Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. And hello and welcome, everyone. Hi, hi. Hello. Hey. How's it going this week? Oh, it's it's really good. It's so well, we've crossed the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. Yes. Which was yeah, delightful. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I think our longest day here in Toronto, the sun sets at 9.03 p.m. Like it's just shockingly late. Oh yeah. Do I is that I don't know if I was as later than that. You've got me was thinking it later. That. I don't know. Interesting. Let's, let's consult. Yeah. So um the sun sets tonight at 9.17. <gasps> Oh, Which you would guys. have been oh. would have been a bit longer than that. Oh, because when I won the downward, it is. Yeah. Oh, so our sunset is at nine oh three. So you guys are actually are north of us. Yeah. Oh, did I know that? Oh, I think I did know that we're sort of along the same latitude as like Italy. Mm. Oh yeah, but weirdly colder in the winter. Yes, I've known these things. <laughs> You're actually a lot more north. Wow, isn't that amazing? Hey. These are long, beautiful days. Sorry, guys, we just took a little bit of a science break. (laughs) (laughs) We were sat in the garden at the weekend, though, and it was about 7 o'clock, and I'm not kidding, it felt like it was 4 p.m. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we should probably go and make some food right now. (laughs) You know what's funny is it throws you off, right? Like, I find myself, actually, I'm a bit of a napper, but I shouldn't be because I told all my patients not to take naps. Love a nap. Love a nap. Um, I find myself taking naps at like seven because, yeah, it feels like midday. Mm, yeah. Everything is yeah. like thrown off. It's glorious. Glorious. Yeah. 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 Seven is a bit too late for a nap, but I find myself sometimes doing those too. Yeah. I think I had one about half past nine last night. Yeah, right? Because it's still kind of like the sun's <laughs> not, still up. <laughs> not sure that was a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a first sleep. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. No, summer is full on. Full on. Mm. No question. Yeah um it has been a good week it was a good weekend I was uh doing a lot to sort of lean into new friendships here in Toronto with some great gals um enjoying some amazing food um I I was out with a friend and we walked into a pastry store or a a dessert store here in Toronto um and she had moved back from New York she was in New York for a number of years and the level of excitement when she saw these desserts because they were quite beautiful it's it's mm-hmm. made by somebody who creates desserts like he creates um fashion like a fashion like nice. a seasonal fashion lineup it just extraordinarily beautiful inside and out and she said i have not been this excited in Toronto since coming back from New York so it was just a lovely moment and i'm like and i love to see that there's these gorgeous like world class places right here in my own city yeah. It was just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of food. <laughs> yeah. Love food. Love food. <laughs> yeah. We had some nice girl time as well at the weekend. So um did some some yoga. We were supposed to do it on the beach. <gasps> the weather was so bad. Um right at the time. Wasn't either side, but right at the time we were gonna do yoga. Um it was uh, torrential rain. Oh god. So we said, look, rather than kind of messing about and trying to cancel it again because it'd been this session had been moved a few times. I said, I'll just move 
the furniture around and we'll create a little mini yoga studio. Um, so we did and uh, kind of pulled the curtains too, but had the doors open because it was still quite warm. So you could hear the pitter patter of rain, oh. especially during the relaxation bit at the end. I literally went into the deepest relaxation oh. I've had in a long time. Oh. Um, and the energy was just really nice because we were doing it with friends and then and then afterwards I'd pre-prepared loads of really scrummy food mm. um, so just really enjoyed it was just one of those nights where you feel kind of blessed and loved um, on the other side of it oh it was so nice you had me at the pitter-patter of the raindrops like that <laughs> <gasps> it was so nice oh my god that's wonderful mm. wow there yeah. are moments in life that we cannot pay to create they just happen yeah. They just happen, yeah. There was a reason that we weren't going to do it on the beach, I think. And so, yeah. Gorgeous. Some things happen for a reason. I certainly do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, heading over to the Relationship Desk of Love, what's kicking off over there? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the love theme today. Ah. And today, I'm going to share with you the most common pet names for UK couples. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let me know if you've used any of these there are um so 10 10 the top 10 names pet names the first one is love oh and this yes. is 29 percent of people use this i've recently found myself calling lots of people love yeah and i never did before oh. and i don't know is it like an age thing oh thanks love <laughs> like <laughs> but my dad does that all the time he's from yeah. cardiff and he would say oh you know love and and it would it would hit really bizarre like sometimes you know, especially I remember like my female teachers and stuff like that. Like people will be like, oh, that's a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah. But it's not at all sexually untoward. No, no. It just kind of comes out involuntarily yeah. oh. when you're not expecting. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, watch out for that one. Yep. Um, babe, I think that's quite a common one, isn't it? 25%. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of across the pond. Yes, a babe. Yeah. And now it's bay, but yeah. Okay, go on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that. Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we've got honey, 17.8%. Oh, really? In the UK, you say honey? I thought that was yeah. an American thing. Is it? Oh, that's what I oh, thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, sweetie, 15.3%. Mm -hmm. Handsome, 9.4%. Oh, yeah. Honey bun. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. 7.7%. Uh, 7 .7%. And then we've got Sweetie Pie, bit of a variation there, 7.6%. Boo. Boo, yeah, you got it. Yeah, which is 5.3%. Um, and then we've got Baby Girl, Baby Boy, 4.8%. Uh-huh. Which, I don't know, I think that's a bit weird. Baby Girl makes perfect sense. Baby Boy? Isn't that funny that the gender flip there... That yeah. that fills me with discomfort for some reason as a visceral I reaction. I think both fill me with discomfort. Oh, yeah, baby girl, anyway. I totally get. But why is that more comfortable? Hmm, I got to do my own work on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, and then last but not least, princess, which is 4.7%. Oh, princess. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I always think that princess is a bit more kind of people use it in a more derogatory way. Hmm. Like you will be in a princess, so very mm -hmm. kind of demanding or... Yep. Um, yeah. Like high maintenance type thing. Could. Yeah. I, I think here you'd probably be hearing more like queen. Yeah. But that's often like a, sort of a, a, a term that props up a fellow girlfriend. Like you go queen. Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah interesting so oh, there you go yeah top 10 uh top 10 names that we call our partners and loved ones yeah so what do you use in your relationship 
Um, I would, well, I use love, but more generally with lots of people. But that's a recent thing that I've just found coming out of my mouth without realising what's happening. Mm. Um, I'll use babe or honey. I think they're probably the two primary oh. ones. What about you? Ah, baby. And then an assortment of our own nicknames. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which are too embarrassing to share. Yeah. yeah. I also am um, quite frequently equal. <laughs> I believe I'm sharing this call my partner a twat oh yes yes it's <laughs> actually where I come from is a bit more of a kind of term of endearment it just means you're being a bit you're being a bit of a kind of pain but not on a kind of not on a I can't tolerate you way it's when they've kind of done something that they know they've done uh-huh. and um and so I'll say don't be a twat about it <laughs> So, but that took a long time for my partner to really get that (laughs) and settle in with that. Yeah. Oh, really? But yeah. Yeah. But you know, six and a half years down the line, he's settled with it now. He's okay. He's comfortable. He's comfortable, (laughs) like, well, I guess this one ain't going away. (laughs) Oh, that is so funny. That's really, really funny. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I I guess it's like kind of like being extra. I suppose that's the yeah the term Gen Z would say. You're being a bit extra. And different things have different meanings, don't they? So in where I come from, it doesn't mean anything kind of terrible. But I know in other parts, it does mean something does. that's not as nice. Yeah. So, but that's not how we mean it. That's oh. just not like where I come from. That's not how what it what it means at all. It just means you're being when somebody's kind of, you know, I guess not deliberately winding you up, but kind of, you know, say it's when you're having that kind of banter between each other, mm-hmm. but it's safe banter that you know what you're on about. Interesting. <laughs> That's great. Once they accept the words that you're calling them. <laughs> That's hilarious. Can you imagine? And coming in at number 11 on the list is twat. Yeah. At 2.3% <laughs> used in the majority of the northeast of England. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Coming in with some unique contenders from the northeast of England. The Geordie yeah. region. Yeah. 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 That's the Geordie <laughs> submission. That's awesome. Nice. Oh. That's awesome. It's good to have your own little understandings in your relationship. Brings you closer yeah. together. You've got it. Yep, totally. <laughs> she says defending herself. <laughs> she says defending herself. Quite furiously. <laughs> you said that your uh, your love bug doesn't uh, listen to the podcast, right? So, Well, yeah, no, he does periodically, ah. but um, he knows what I call him, so that's not a problem. Ah, ah. He'll even say himself sometimes, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I'm a twat, aren't I? <laughs> Starts with T, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yes, I am thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, right. So, on. yeah, it's kind of, it's now kind of an in... In joke, in, in, in banter position. Right, right. It's all good. Nice. <laughs> we think, anyways. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Till he tells me otherwise that we are good. There you go. Exa- <laughs> and remember, you're never wrong. So, like, not a possibility. Well, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's move on from my discomfort. Would you like a hot topic? Yes, I would. Okay. topic is overcoming sexual boredom in your relationship ha 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 oh mm-hmm. so yeah. well, we haven't talked about sex for a while where do we start yeah absolutely <laughs> where do we start yeah well yeah um but I, well i'm gonna say something that you might not agree with okay <laughs> so for me i would say instead of focusing on sex focus on intimacy instead <gasps> oh i know i know um wow yes (laughs) okay 
Yes. First of all, sexual boredom is inevitable. Like as we've mm. talked about it often, it'll it'll hit yeah. every long, long-term relationship. The thing is, Sarah, I have to say I'm coming out. Oh. Coming out as a person out of the closet, which is I think that there are folks for whom like I think we have to respect the person for whom the sex is just the tip of the iceberg. If if you want to overcome boredom yeah. and any sort of stasis or inertia or something that's not working, for many folks you have to go down under the surface t- and there's a much larger issue of intimacy, connection, communication, trust, respect, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And then there's another subset of people for whom it is the iceberg, like the sex is the iceberg. Mm. And I think it's important to sort of know who you are. I know, I know. This is like, this is this is our um, death match. Yeah. But our disagreement notwithstanding, I think we can still see eye to eye on the, on the, so, okay. So let's, let's take your opinion and your viewpoint. What about diving down to the intimacy, fixing the intimacy? What comes up for you there? Yeah. So I think where I'm coming from with this is it's more than just kind of a quick wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, in the bedroom, because you can have that, but it still might not fulfill you. So mm-hmm. if there are other ways to connect through intimacy, which might not just be about kind of sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. So if we can focus on some of those other areas, I think then kind of naturally from that can flow some better sex because you're better connected mm-hmm. in other areas. So thinking about, you know, even putting a kind of complete and utter pause on sex and saying we're not allowed to have sex for a certain period. Mm-hmm. So you start to make it a bit more um, of a kind of forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. And um, so that in itself can start to stir up some different feelings, some different, you can maybe say, well, we, you can connect in a certain way, but you're not allowed kind of, you know, you can have kind of A and B, but you can't have C, D, E and F. Mm. Um, so there are only certain amounts of or, or types of intimacy that you can use within your relationship for a set period of time. Mm. That can be a way to really connect in a on a different level that then contributes to having better sex in the long run mm. as a thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that would be one, at least one side's truth, I think, in all of mm. this is that if somebody is noticing that they're not interested, I think that is going to be one of the biggest things to dive under the surface. If somebody yeah. finds themselves making excuses, saying, look, mm. anything else but, you know, um, yes. But I think you also have to accept that that is going to come. As you said, right at the start of this, there will be things that kind of trigger that. Um, you know, maybe you're super stressed at work or mm-hmm. maybe there's a change going on. Maybe you've hit a certain age for both men and women. Mm-hmm. That has then kind of knocked your libido, um, you know, down from where it would have been originally. So it's about understanding kind of what's causing it. But then I think it is also about this kind of communication and this discussion, this willingness to be open and to explore different things. And it may be that you've got to explore yourself before you can start to have some of those discussions about kind of what you want. Yeah. And it can be really, I think, the reason that people kind of just put up with boredom is because it can be quite embarrassing. We can feel like it's quite a taboo subject to say, look, and also we don't want the other person to feel rejected in some way mm-hmm. or feel upset about kind of their position or take full responsibility for it. Yes. Because there's two people tangoing. Oh, it is. I was talking to a friend who does a lot of peer work around folks in the kink community. And they've worked with a lot of different couples. And um, he recounts one story 
of a person that he spoke to in a heterosexual couple. And the man came up to him and was like, you know, I have these unmet needs. I'm bored and I really want to start to explore some of my things that I like. And he mentioned some Mm. of the things that he's like, but I could never tell my wife. She'll never be into it. Never, never, Mm. never. I just don't know how to explore this and I have to do it outside of my marriage. He subsequently has a conversation with the wife and the wife tells him the (laughs) same thing. The same story. My husband, I I really have these unmet needs. I'd really like to explore this. My husband will never be into it. He's just absolutely like prudish, like tight as a clam. We'll never, you know, and it's just, it's unbelievably shocking. And it says something about my friend who he just has this way of like having people open up. Um, (laughs) But like when people are comfortable and they can start to explore in in an environment where there is no shame, it's amazing what comes out. You know, I, I coach folks around affairs and what i notice about affairs is one of the reasons why people seek out affairs is because of sexual novelty sexual mm. boredom the you know a cure to sexual boredom and you know then they'll be having sex multiple times a day it's so natural we don't even have to talk about it we just know what each other want and all sort of stuff yeah. which is very deceiving because it makes us think that that's the natural that that's a meant to be relationship mm. that'll always die and then you're stuck with this damn old communication that you have to have um What's curious about, I think we can all look back on the st- on the top of a relationship. Yeah, we might have been having wild sex, but was I saying, was I even aware of what I actually want? Like the breadth of mm. what I want? Nope, not at all. Yeah. The harder conversation is what all do I want to explore? What all sort of is on my table? Yeah. Super hard conversations to have with yourself. Yeah, then they are. Um, but I think also we shouldn't fall into this trap of thinking that sexual boredom means that we've then got to go and do something um like way outside of our comfort zone otherwise we're not addressing the problem you know it can be some of the smallest of changes to what you're doing that kind of are within your comfort zone that actually are enough to just re-spark and reignite that connection that you've got because in the early days when we are having you know amazing sex it's it's because that kind of pure lust factor and the chemicals are kind of raging through our body that are creating this connection in all different levels Mm -hmm. um so it's about working out okay how can we reignite some of that you know it's not about saying well I've only ever done it in the missionary position and now I'm going to suddenly be joining some S&M society and swinging from the ceilings you know (laughs) yeah and having a kind of you know a red room installed in in the basement yeah so you you know it's not about those kind of big extremes all the time I think with that we think that it is Mm -hmm. um but sometimes it can just be the smallest of changes that bring us back to some of that lust and passion that we felt at the beginning Mm. And this is why I do think that the intimacy side of it is is the basis for connection because you want to feel safe, you want to feel connected and loved and, you know, psychologically safe within your relationship. And you can only do that by focusing on some of the other areas of, of intimacy, like, you know, emotional connection or um, intellectual or spiritual, you know, or being able to experience things together mm. is all part of building to that position where you can have you can feel free and safe to have some of those conversations about what happens in the bedroom mm-hmm. I mean I know that to be right I think I'm professionally and personally trying to sort of sort through because I think there's a I think there's like a, a greater truth that I want to get to and I'm not quite sure where that's going to be but that's the process um mm. I, I think I think what you're saying is right and I think I want to somehow speak to the people for whom that doesn't feel right. To, mm. It sounds weird. Um, 
I think getting to a, a to a more secure spot. The, but again, the weird thing is, is a lot of sexual novelty thrives on a feeling of risk, a feeling mm. of of excitement, of uncertainty, of staying on the edge a little bit. I don't know what, where to place that in this conversation today, but I just, just wanted to sort of say that sometimes the safety and security can sometimes create boredom because it doesn't fuel the fire of excitement. And excitement can sometimes be the thing that uh, we want to create and we want to step out our, com- our comfort zone. But then how would you know you can take risks if you're not certain about how safe you feel with your partner? So it's a bit yeah. of a double-edged sword. Yeah. Am I going to be prepared to um, suggest something if then... Yeah. I don't feel like my partner's going to accept that in a way that, you know, if if I then suddenly feel ridiculed by a suggestion I've made because I don't feel safe in my relationship or I don't understand that kind of there's this openness there to or willingness to kind of discuss and explore, mm-hmm. you know, almost any topic, then surely then that that's then counterproductive to where you want to get to. That is true, but I think that the comfort, the keys to your comfort, you hold those keys. An- another mm. person is not responsible for your own comfort. I think I'm just trying to be a little devil's advocate because on this, mm. I almost kind of have to. <laughs> I don't have to, but um, <laughs> I-, I think that we often set the other person up to create a circumstance of safety or to do enough. And these tend to be moving goalposts where you never actually get there, um, where at the end of the day is like, why aren't you taking risks? Like, you know, is it because your partner hasn't established safety yet? Or is it something, will we ever get to a a feeling of safety? Do you create your own sense of safety? If the relationship is abusive, of course, that's a Um, no-go. What I'm starting to pick apart is that our partner's reaction can often be the thing that we tone police, where actually the, the reaction is often seen through the interpretation through our lenses. So if I want to be if I want to feel invalidated and ridiculed, I'll feel it no matter what my partner says. Um, what I notice is that I kind of mm. have to decide what I want. I know it's a, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah, that's, um, a, that's yeah. a heck no for me. I think Sarah's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure I fully subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to share the same view. Yeah. So in terms of approaching, what approach would you take then that was different to relieving boredom in a relationship? I certainly think the things that you've mentioned are absolutely correct. I think also if I'm feeling bored, what I would look at is what possibilities in sexual connection or in sexual exploration did I shut the door on long ago? That could have been early on in this relationship or many relationships ago Mm. where I stopped exploring, I stopped innovating, I stopped saying, yes, this is something I could consider doing or this is a part of my sexuality. Yeah, I would like to sort of go back to the production floor and see what was left on the ground that and pick it up and see is this actually something that could be really valuable that I want to sort of Mm. bring into my present and I guess that might not have happened in your current relationship right so then that's if you're then kind of going back to a few relationships you know prior then that's a different discussion isn't it with your partner if it's yes. something you both mutually know you kind of close the door on right. say remember that time when you suggested or I suggested like mm. my views might have changed on that so that's one conversation but if you're thinking about something that happened multiple yeah. relationships ago um 
Or doors that were shut because of your yeah. religiosity, because of your upbringing, yeah. things yeah. that you were told were wrong. But actually, mm. if we were to dive deep, you'd be like, man, I really was always kind of curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about, I think what I'm realizing is that sexual boredom and our limited palette, we're often only working with a few colors when really we have all of the colors of the crayon box. Mm. And a lot of the time we are excluding colors in the box because we were told they were wrong before yeah and we might actually want to go and fetch those from a mm. long time ago and a lot of that is societal shame that's not allowed yeah. that's not good etc cetera, etc cetera. that's what i'm really curious about in terms of relieving sexual boredom is actually becoming our fullest sexual selves yeah but we are coming at this from different angles where you're saying the intimacy piece and i'm actually saying Let's remove all the filters from our true sexual selves, which shame mm. just grinds us down into like these tiny sort of fragments of ourselves. Yeah. It's definitely something that comes up a lot, I think, in relationships. Totally. I think it's something that you see regularly with clients. You see it regularly on, um, you know, different kind of relationship forum discussion groups you see it comes up all the time around kind of um sexual unhappiness Mm -hmm. um so i do think it's something we're not really very well equipped at dealing with no but you know what's really illustrative is when people have an affair or when they end up in a new relationship and they say this is the best best sex of my life i've never felt Mm. so great the curious thing is what is that situation giving you permission for which you didn't feel you had the permission for in your last relationship or in your current relationship. And why are, you know, what are those recipe ingredients to your sense of freedom? And I think some of that comes down to desirability, Mm. which is why I'll come back to the same thing about intimacy. Yeah. (laughs) If we don't desire, if we're not connected in those other ways, then, you know, suddenly this new person brings a whole whole world of possibility around desirability and stirs something within you that um has been long lost right because we have shut down in lots of the intimate ways it's true but if we can have the most fabulous sex with a near stranger Mm. then it tells me that it's not just trust and respect that there's something about this limitless possibility of sexual expression Mm. I think it's both of what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I think there's more to be had on this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just not today. <laughs> it is. No, I love it. I love it. We scratched the surface. Yeah. And the death so match, a, right? Yeah. Got yeah. to the death this match is again. Two, two course sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe five. To be revisited, watch this space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. My mind is a bit oh. bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So should we move to a question? Oh, yes, let's go. Let's do it. So a complete switch around now. And um, this week's question is, I've decided to give up alcohol, but I don't want to lose my friends. How can I tell them? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is usually sort of the first week of January, but I think there's some folks who... (laughs) are noticing that they want to kind of get into a new summer habit. They want to start to revisit their health and and look at that. Yeah. 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 I see a lot more posts about sobriety now than, than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if that's just that the algorithm seems to be pointing them at me or (laughs) if generally people are becoming more sober. I don't know. 
Um, but I do see a lot of people kind of really celebrating that sobriety, really thinking about, um, you know, kind of alcohol and the part that it plays in their life and how they maybe don't don't want that to be part of their life anymore. Um, and I think it can be really tricky when we change anything major within our within our own life. It has an impact then on on the relationships that we have. And it can so any any change can have an impact on your friendships. I think the tricky thing with alcohol is that it's almost like this kind of um this club, this society, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're saying, I don't want to be part of that club anymore. Yeah. And it then is. there's all the judgment that goes with it. Yeah. So there's the person that's given up alcohol thinks that they're going to be judged by their friends. The friends that are not ready to give up alcohol say, Well, I you know, are you gonna to start to judge me now? Because yes. Like, obviously, when you're drinking, then you're kind of, you know, your inhibitions, your uh-huh. memory recall, your kind of all of those things, you, you can, you know, fly out the window. Yeah. You maybe become a bit silly or do things that you then don't want to be recounted by your friend that suddenly is, you know, is mm-hmm. sober. So you just get this kind of, it's almost like two clubs and can they coexist? Absolutely, they can. They can, but it, I mean, there's a few complicating things here is, is, mm you know, these are your friends and yes. were, were these friends established around the pattern of drinking? Yes. Yeah, they are. You're, they're your drinking buddies. So, so the question is like, what do you have in common with them outside of drinking? Yeah. And it's not just yeah. the act of drinking. It is the behavior of being inebriated yeah. that you share a commonality with when you are inebriated. Do you share a yeah. commonality with when you're sober? And that yeah. is the biggest question. Mm. And the other thing too, is to remove the beer goggles um, might be a very hard thing because if you're sitting there in a group sober, are you somebody who likes the conversation that's had? Are yeah. there things that start to come up with that in, if you're inebriated that you don't really notice, but then if you're sober, sober that you, that you maybe take moral objection to, like maybe yeah. people start to say disrespectful things about other people, um, yeah. or start to be mean to other people, but you have never noticed cause you're part of the crew. Yeah. Yeah. So really shared values, like the question is, do you share values with these people? And there's only one way to find out. But in some instances, in many instances, you find out we don't actually share the same values. Yeah. You've got to pull the bandaid off though and give it and jump in and just give it a go, haven't you? Because if they are true friends, then they won't give two hoots whether you're drinking or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will support you. They will, um, you know, look to do other activities that aren't you know surrounded around kind of socializing and alcohol um because they'll want to still spend that time connecting with you Mm -hmm. on a kind of you know a one-to-one or a one-to-group basis they'll enjoy your company they'll enjoy it regardless and you know maybe then kind of drinking is only one part of it um so it's finding that balance but if if your friendship is true it will last and it will overcome this Mm -hmm. if you noticed actually we haven't got that much in common and we are actually different really different people and we don't share the same views and you know and and actually spending time with them isn't top of my cup up Mm -hmm. that's that's the time when we have to really think about okay do I still want to maintain this friendship in any shape or form it might be that it changes yeah or fragments off certain people you and maybe you keep friendships where it's not the whole crew of people. You start to develop yeah. individual friendships. Yeah. You know, funny enough, I, I think of the same thing. Like imagine that you've got a bunch of friends and you all united around the identity of being single. Mm. You've mm-hmm. done a lot of single things. You've you've sort of compared dating yeah. app stories and whatever. And imagine you 
start to shift where our relationship becomes serious. And it's the same thing. Like I have to tell my buddies that, and you're actually saying something that you're, you're happy about. It's a change that's positive for you, but you actually feel kind of on the back foot or embarrassed to say, "Mm, I think I'm, because you feel like the others are going to judge you. You're no longer part of the crew. Or you feel like you're letting somebody, you're letting the side down. Yes, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, because I'm the one that's moving away from the center of, you know, the epicenter of where everything's happening. Right. But I'm the one saying, actually, this doesn't, this isn't for me anymore. I want to do something different. Right. So you can feel like you're letting somebody else down. Right. But, you know, you're absolutely not. You've got to, you've, we we all have to make life choices for ourselves. It's a bit like you know, using that analogy of kind of when I meet somebody, it's like when you're kind of young and you're in your uni days or whatever, and then slowly everyone will start to kind of, to you know, to form relationships, um, have significant others, and then you find you're the one that's that's kind of left, you know, it's that, what's that saying, left on the shelf, mm. which is an awful <laughs> saying. Um, I don't really agree with that, but, but it's that type of thing, isn't it? Like, oh, hang on a minute. I've just suddenly realized I'm the last man standing and everybody else has formed these relationships. Um, So it's you do have to make your own decisions for your own life that are about your own happiness. And, you know, I'm sure there's a reason why this person wants to give up alcohol. It's not serving them anymore. It doesn't um, it doesn't kind of bring the same joy or happiness that it did before. And therefore, they want to do something different about that. Uh Um, And that's okay, right? Like make your own choices in life. Agreed. And, and in the case of this and in the case of, you know, if the, if the group shares commonalities and has things that center around other things other than the alcohol or other things, yeah. then, you know, just sort of, if there's a deeper width and breadth to your relationship, mm. it will stand up and yeah. remain standing. Yeah. It's a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful test of the relationship. Yeah. And, but maybe go in with that thought process around kind of, you know, with that, as you raise the the subject, then, you know, go in with that positioning. I really still want us to be friends. I want to kind of maintain our relationship. I'd really like to look to do other things. Yeah. And there's plenty of stuff you can do. Totally. So Loads of stuff. Yeah. So actually, so how would you frame that kind of coming out to your friends as I'm going dry? What? How would you start a conversation like that? Well, I think you've got two options, haven't you? Either go kind of go big or go home and just come out with it and rip the band-aid off and just say, look, this is this is what I've decided. I'd really like your support. I really want to be connected. Um, so I'd like to look for other ways for us to, to be able to carry on doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still would like to be invited out. It's not that I don't, but I, you know, I want your support. I don't want to constantly be saying no to, to drinking. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a non-negotiable, it's not a question. You know, if I'm ordering a drink, then it's no longer going to be a, a rye and dry. It's just going to be a dry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's one way. The other way is just don't don't even announce it. Mm. So just you make your change and mm-hmm. then, you know, you, you just kind of, you say, oh, I'm driving tonight or I've got a busy day tomorrow, so I brought the car. or And, you, and through time, that will just kind of naturally... Um, you know, you may then have a conversation a little bit further down the line mm-hmm. that just says, oh, yeah, you know what? A few months ago, I just thought I'd try it and see and I've not missed it. And therefore, I'm not, you know, I'm not planning to go back to it. So there's two different approaches I think you can take. Mm. And that's true because that it is actually your information to hold. It's your information. Yeah. yeah. You can choose to divulge it if, if it. And I guess that'll depend on the friend group. Um, yeah. It'll depend on your dynamic and how yeah. uh, comfortable you feel yeah 
That's I mean, so some people you might only see kind of twice a year, in which case, oh, does it yeah. does it matter if you're, yeah. you know, do you need to go full out and, um, you know, disclose where you're at or do you just, yeah. you know, after kind of a couple of times, they're going to kind of get the message. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. Yeah. And getting the message, and maybe that brings up another point, is how do you then um, manage any feelings of rejection, it's, you know, where you start to personalize if if friendships do distance and if they mm. start to fall by the wayside, um, sometimes we carry a bit of that guilt or shame that, um, oh, if if it weren't for my change, this this friendship might have still been present. So how do you depersonalize that? It's staying true to what you want in life. And then when we, when we pick a route, we pick a path and a plan that we want to go on. We have to have some some support around us to be able to to take the path that we want to take. We generally, if we surround ourselves by people who are gonna support us, cheer us on, you know, spur us on, we'll be more successful in life because we've got somebody champion our corner. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some good news today. I phoned my um my other half, and I was just like, you know, great news. Told him all about, it. and he was genuinely pleased for me. He was like, I'm just so pleased. I'm so proud of you. Uh. You're so like, you know, you've done a great job. Like, uh. So you want people to be in your life that are going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want people to be in your life that are going to then kind of, um, you know, start to pick apart some of your choices. Mm-hmm. And so we've got we've got to look at who do we want to be by our side? Do we want people who are going to top us up? Mm-hmm. Or do we want people who are going to drain us? Oh, gosh. Yes. I'm just still... In sitting in the vibe of your partner being like good job way to go I'm yeah. so proud of you and like He's I always appreciate man. right no backhand <laughs> like you know you know the backhand insult and I'm always looking yeah, out yeah, for yeah. that and there's no such thing in this in what you've just told me it's a no. unfettered beautiful comment and upliftment yeah. without any negativity attached which is amazing yeah. and and it's yeah you know it's nice to know you've got that right it's yeah. busy arm well, and also when you're speaking with folks, that can sometimes be how their passive aggressiveness comes out. Like if they are mm. resenting your change, they may kind of yeah. backhand you with some derogatory comment about how prudish you are or how boring you are or whatever, and sar- using sarcasm. Yeah. And that would be something where you may want to look at that friendship. If you notice sarcasm and sort of backhanded yeah. insults coming your way. That mm. reflects their own shit and that's not your shit. And that's something where you may, because yeah. what you told me about in, in your partner's case is he gave you a compliment and he let that go without any yeah. strings attached. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are the friendships 100%. that you deserve. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think it's okay to, to acknowledge that, um, you know, the other person may be feeling uncomfortable with this, you know, call that out, say, look, I know this probably feels a bit weird because we've always drunk together, Um, but I don't want it to feel weird. I want us to still have a relationship and that's important to me. Yeah, that feels doable. Yeah. I feel like I want to stop drinking immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, but for about two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, no I do genuinely think that and I think as we get kind of older it's something that people contemplate a lot more is their relationship with alcohol and um and whether it's still kind of healthy or not healthy and so people do make lots of lifestyle changes and not just in alcohol they make it in other areas as well 
Yeah. You know, it can even be something as simple as if you're changing something in your financial situation and you've suddenly got to kind of pare things back a bit, that's another example of where we kind of say, look, I can't do all these things that we used to do. I have to say no to things. I have to manage my boundaries in this. But these are the reasons why. It's it's another um, example of where you'll be changing something that can, you know, uh, potentially upset the dynamic of the relationship. Mm. Well, listen, if you need a scapegoat, there's no such, there's no time like the present because inflation is a great excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tighten the yeah. belt. I'm giving up alcohol, I can't afford it anymore. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <Boom>. Done. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, smokes yeah. and alcohol, way, way too expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm off the bench. <laughs> You've got it, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, global well, situation, tough times. Somebody's yeah, got to do it. Certainly it certainly is. Yeah. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, quite a variety of a week this week. Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Got fine mm. and feisty. We're mixing it up. Yeah. Mixing <laughs> it up indeed. Yeah. Oh, well, it was a pleasure as, as always. Indeed. Indeed. It's so funny because I, I just keep thinking about this little bright shining spot in the UK that considers twat to be a term of endearment. And I'm like, the world is a great place. I swear awesome. it's not just me. I swear it's a right? thing. Right? It's a thing. It's a thing. That's awesome. I swear it's a thing. Oh, my gosh. What's well, a thing in our relationship anyway? Oh, right. 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 At least one person uh, is doing it. If, it. if it works for you, it works for you. Ah, That's you I go. Say. That yeah. is kind of the tone for it. If it works for you, then it must be a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. All right. <laughs> well. All righty. So, um, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.